Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Kate Adams. Kate is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Validity. In this episode, we talk about how marketers can de-jargon themselves, where a sales development rep should sit within the organization, and how the migration from tokenization to personalization is the marketing innovation that's most pressing in 2022. Hi, Kate. Hey, Brian. How's it going? As Senior Vice President of Marketing, Kate Adams leads all of Validity's marketing efforts. Prior to Validity, Kate was Vice President of Marketing at Drift, where she discovered her passion for helping and marketing to sales professionals and marketers. While there, Kate built the demand generation function from the ground up, achieving more than 200% pipeline growth. Before Drift, Kate led the demand generation and marketing operations teams at SmartBear, where she managed the pipeline generation for a portfolio of more than 20 products. Kate has also led marketing and product for a number of early stage startups, ranging in size and industry from education and healthcare to employee engagement. She's passionate about bringing businesses to life in the hearts and minds of prospects and customers by creating amazing customer experiences across the entire customer lifestyle. Kate, grateful to you for being with me today. Thanks so much. No, thanks so much for having me. I can't be more excited. Let's do it. I, I can feel the energy. It's palpable. All right. For those that aren't familiar, what is Validity? We're the number one solution for customer data quality. So our whole portfolio of products are here to help people engage with their contacts, convert their contacts, and manage uh, all of their contact and all uh, all their contacts in that data in the most efficient and effective way possible. So they can focus on what matters most, which is growing their business. I want to talk about the marketing remit, which is so expansive these days, it can feel impossible to master all the functions that are required to be successful in that role. How do you compartmentalize the responsibilities within your own team and where might there be you know, healthy overlap? And I guess connected to this, are there roles that you might consider outsourcing just because being a master of all of it can feel too overwhelming? Yeah, I think to your point, uh, the marketing remit seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger by the by the minute here, almost uh, some days. Yeah, I mean, there is not a day that goes by that I'm like, oh, right, we've got to think, I haven't thought about that today, or I haven't, I haven't touched that piece of all the things that we that we set out to do every day and that we own, whether that's, you know, it goes straight from like the mo- what I view is the most important, right, which is the number one uh, job of marketing, in my opinion, is how we are able to start and continue conversations for our sales team, whether that's for our new business sales team or for our uh, account management team that services our customers each and every day. And so, yeah, the 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 span uh, of everything that we own is, is super important, but number one thing, and I think you know, there's been lots and lots of talk about the CMO role or, or the, the marketing leader role being kind of in crisis core reason for that is that too many marketing leaders don't are or can't draw that straight line to revenue. And I think that's so critically important. So that's that's the first one. And then from there, it goes like all across the gamut, right? From uh, PR to uh, customer marketing, like more in-depth customer marketing to even employee engagement and internal communications. I mean, it's just huge and expansive in that way. So 
to be clear, I think the number one asset of every single company is their employees. So that and that employee part is so key and, and core to the marketing responsibility as well. So when I think about things that we can outsource, yes, we absolutely uh, are constantly thinking about not only the tools, but what are the, the services that we could bring on to help augment uh, our existing team uh, and get and get them kind of out of some of the weeds of some of that stuff. So when we think about uh, things that that we can outsource, we definitely outsource some of the project management capabilities or, or functions here in terms of like, we've got uh, an agency on online that helps us in terms of managing the event marketing that we're doing because so much of that is in the details, right? And, and project managing that whole function. So uh, we definitely look at, at some of that for outsourcing that or, or augmenting, I think is probably a better better way of putting it rather than outsourcing it because the team is still ultimately responsible for the outcomes of that at the end of the day. And the other places where we've looked to augment our team is around, we needed a bunch of help from a, from a search engine optimization perspective. Uh, we had an agency on board to help us with that. We've had uh, folks on board helping us run our paid advertising campaigns and optimizing for that, right? Because some of that stuff is just you can get some real benefit out of somebody who can go very, very, very deep there. Uh, and I think the role of a marketer today, not just a marketing leader, but of every marketer has become so much more sophisticated over time. So not only do you have to be a great uh, creative, right? So you have to be able to create messaging and copy that uh, elicits a response or reaction from somebody to get them to want to take action. You have to be a great technologist, somebody who understands how all the technology fits together and how you can optimize and maximize uh, the return of all that technology. And then you've also got to be a co- be an amazing marketing strategist, right? And so somebody who can kind of see the forest through the trees a little bit and understand, okay, how are we going to get to that revenue number? What are all the things that are are in our whole ball of wax? I think another place where we've augmented is, in the, is on the content side too, in terms of uh, really uh, hiring some some great outsourced writers that have hel- really helped us create some, some compelling content in that way too. A lot of what you just said made a ton of sense to me. SEO, right? Writing, paid, outsourcing that. At the beginning of your comment, though, you mentioned something around sales. And I'm curious, where do sales development reps, otherwise known as SDRs, where do they sit? Is this a marketing function or is this a sales function? Who makes that call? And how does that potentially inform the responsibility of someone in your seat in marketing? Because again, creating content, paid amplification makes a ton of sense. But now there's this like sales person that might be part of your responsibility as well? Yeah, it's a a great question. And I think sometimes it depends on the day you ask it because I think um, I've read some recent material. It's like 40, 60 split, 40% of the time sales development lives in marketing. Uh, 60% of the time it lives in the sales organization. Um, I I think it it keeps going back and forth. So in my last organization, I owned uh, the, the sales development team. Uh, within the marketing piece. And validity here, it's a little unique because I actually am under the sales organization myself. So I roll into the chief revenue officer here. So marketing is a a sub-function of sales. And so uh, it's really all, we're all really all within one organization here. And so we're all within sales. But yeah, I mean, sales development is the glue 
uh, in between sales, uh, AEs, account executives, and marketing, and and they make it happen, right? And no mistake that uh, the week that we're doing this interview is BDR Appreciation Week, Business Development Rep Appreciation Week, uh, hardest job, hands down, I will go to task with anybody who wants to take me up on it. I think it's the hardest job in SaaS right now. Yeah, I mean, being a BDR is hard, but managing BDRs is like just as hard. And that's a whole skill set unto itself. I think it's fascinating that it might also live under the same purview as someone who's managing like paid social, for example. It's just really different skills. Yeah, completely different skills, completely different skills, completely different um, path, right? Nobody nobody signs up to be a business development rep or a sales development rep or I don't know, pick the acronym you want to say, MDR, LDR, I've, I've heard them all. Uh, nobody wants to, nobody signs up for that team because they want to be a business development rep. They sign up because they want to be a salesperson and that's the path that they have to go through to get there. So completely different career path uh, and career pathing and skill set as well. Uh, super challenging from a management, management perspective. I couldn't agree more. Uh, BDR job is hard. BDR manager job is 10 times harder. No one signs up to be a PDR, which is what I am, a podcast development rep. That's <laughs> that's a thankless job. How do we de-jargon ourselves like BDR and SDR? And like, there's like all these different acronyms, right? All industries and job functions are guilty of using too much jargon. But this is like core to some of your strategy in marketing, right? Is how do we de-jargon ourselves? Can you explain a little bit more about how you unbundle this language and how that informs how you might speak to employees, but then also customers and prospects and partners? You're really hitting on a, a key point for me here because this is something I'm incredibly passionate about. I think as marketers specifically, and uh, I'm going to say an acronym now, as a B2B, um, as a business-to-business marketer uh, specifically, I think that we have over-acronymized, if I can use that as a verb, but we have just created an acronym for everything, right? It is, you've got an MQL, an SAO, an SQO, uh, like it, it's, it's, there's an acronym for literally every single thing and an MDR and LDR and SDR. It's, it's unbelievable to me how much we've done it. And at the end of the day, I think we have done ourselves a disservice by doing that because of the fact that, um, the reason why I think we've done ourselves a disservice is because all of those acronyms allow our teams to forget that ultimately every day that you wake up, it's to engage with people, right? That it's a person on the other end. It's not an MQL. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not a stage one SAO. It is a person. It's Brian on the other end of the phone or on the other end of your email or on the other end of that ad. And you need to think about what is Brian thinking about that is really going to compel him to take an action, right? Or to continue a conversation with you or to book time or what are the problems that are keeping Brian up at night, right? And so um, that's where I think we've really done our, ourselves a disservice with, with changing everything into an acronym. So I always go back to, you know, one of the, the, the things here when I initially got to Validity we had chat on our website and um, I was looking at kind of our average response time and it was somewhere around two minutes. And uh, one of the things that I did there was literally just make somebody, uh, I made an entire team of people on a call sit in silence for two minutes while I ran a timer for two minutes. 
And it was the most uncomfortable time anybody ever had, right? Like everybody was staring at each other in the room and on Zoom, just super awkwardly being like, please, will she make this stop? Right? Because the reason I did that was like, does that feel good? So like when you say hello to me or, hey, can you help me with something? And I sit there for two minutes and make you not get an answer, make you wait. Does that feel good to you? Does that feel like a great experience to you? Would you want one of your family members to have that experience, right? And that answer was clearly no. The next week, we were able to get that response time down to 45 seconds, right? Just through that exercise. And so I think it's really about, okay, how do we, how do we really bring that personal effect back into things, right? Like, how do we really help somebody understand uh, or help one of our team members understand how we can do better on an ongoing basis, how we can create a better experience kind of across the board, right? Look at, uh, I, the other thing I did was like, let's look at our forms, right? Like at the time when I originally got here, I think there were eight or nine fields of information that we were, we were requesting on those. And a lot of the times, and tons of organizations have this challenge, right? This wasn't unique to us, but a lot of the times when I asked, why do we ask this question? It was all for us. It was all for us, the company, right? And ultimately we exist for them, the customer, the prospect, right? And so how do we make it more about them? How do we just make it, make it so that, sure, we can get what we need, but without having, we can get what we need after we get to a conversation, why are we making it so hard for people to just talk to us, right? Uh, that was another core component of that. So it's all, it's, it's really about, the experiences, really about the experiences. I was just on a call earlier earlier today where we're looking at some of our own email marketing. It's like, yeah, we can do better. How can we get better at this? How 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 are we constantly sharing this across the team? Sitting there in silence for two minutes as you await a response on how you could be helped sounds an awful lot like my daily routine with my first grader trying to get him to school. This is so true. I, yeah, I have a preschooler, so I live a similar experience. Two minutes yeah. sounds pretty fast. It takes me a good 15 to get him in the car. I should set a timer and just stare at him. I'm like, can you put on your shoes? Can you brush your teeth? <laughs> is, this, is this a thing we can do right now? We're running late. All right, I'm going to get you out on this question. Um, I'm curious sort of what new content formats, what channels are interesting to you, not to use the jargon, but B2B marketing, right? Like we're on a podcast right now. Are you investigating audio? Is TikTok playing a role in how you might be thinking about uh, your marketing strategies? What's what's out there as we look towards already sort of like second half of, of 2022 that might be new or interesting or ways that you're looking to get better? You know, it's not necessarily uh, new, Although as the world opens back up and as we record this, right, I, I think uh, I just heard that L.A. has removed their mask mandate for for uh, inside. And the, as, so as the world opens back up, as we prepare right now, I've got folks that are flying across the country on Sunday to go to to the E-Tail West show um, for the first time. Right. And and so it's not necessarily new, but it, it feels a little new. Right. I've got to get blow the dust off a little bit here over the last two plus years of not doing these things again. And I think they're going to come back and they're going to look different. Right. People are going to be 
uh, originally, I think initially a little cautious about doing it, but then as we get back and get back in the mix and get back and used to things, I think, um, there'll be a, a bunch of stuff of like, how do we make these even better, uh, than they ever were before. I don't think we're going back to a pre 2020 March of 2020 look there. I think, I think they'll look completely different and I can't wait to, to see how that comes back to life here. I think other, uh, new, new things that really get me pretty excited uh, to your question on like, am I looking at TikTok right now? No, should I be? Maybe. Um, but I, I am really interested in SMS for B2B. Uh, SM, and I'm also really interested in WhatsApp as we are a global organization. I've got a team in Brazil and I've got uh, teams in Europe and, and all over the world and another team in Australia. And you know, WhatsApp is just huge there, way bigger than SMS. And I think that's a real opportunity. I think that's a, a real opportunity in North America from an SMS perspective too. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one and seeing how we innovate there. And then the other piece that I, I'm really looking for is like, how are we pushing our web experience um, forward and making it truly, uh, one of the things I've been harping on lately is like, uh, removing some of the, what I'd call tokenization and moving to true personalization. And what I mean by that is too often, I think marketers kind of pat themselves on the back as like, Hey, I figured out how to put your like account name by whatever, you know, uh, format the technology required in, or, Hey, I, I figured out how to put your first name into an email. And that in my mind is really tokenization. Personalization is really showing me that, you know, me, and so making sure that on our website that we can deliver a truly unique personalized experience to you based on uh, who you are, uh, maybe where you are, and also what you did last time if you were here before, all of those things uh, I think are really, really, or, or how you got there, right? All of these different things, what your customer status is, those are things that are really compelling to me as we look out ahead in 22. I'm joined today by Kate Adams of Validity. Kate? I really appreciate it. Your your energy and excitement to be here. We warmed up. We got there. I, I really got appreciate there. it. We got there. We got there, Brian. Thanks so much.